How's it going, everybody? Guys, girls, children of all ages, my name is Miguel. This is uh, SoCal Watchery's podcast, episode 93. Thank you so much for sticking with us. It's uh, It's been a journey. It's a fun journey. We we like to uh, talk about, well, loosely talk about watches and life and just kind of everything in between. And for the past almost two years, my co-host has been by my side. P. Ross, how's it going? Yo, what's going on, man? We are definitely in the building. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's, it's become kind of the norm and, and typical that we bring uh, people and members of the watch community. It's always fun, right? Having those discussions and having the, the, the input from just different people and people have different ideas about different things. And we love that, you know, so uh, we definitely brought somebody that's uh, in Germany right now and uh, is joining us in, in, in Germany. So why don't, why don't you do your thing, P, and then we get started. Yeah, yeah, I could go ahead and do that. Like right now, we got here. We go. Get ready. Get ready. Hashtag watch fam in the building. You know what I mean? This guy is a watch connoisseur. You understand me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I'm saying. People understand where I'm coming from on this. Okay, he is a watch connoisseur. We have Ashwin from the Standard Time YouTube channel in the building. Uh, Ashwin Speed. Uh, yeah. I just love that intro. I mean, it just got me <laughs> some light goosebumps. But I hear that in every podcast, one of yours, oh. and uh, now it's now it's real for me. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for having me, guys. It's official. It's official. It's official. You're official, man. Hey, thank you so much for coming on and being a supporter. I know that you obviously do listen to the podcast, and it's awesome. You know, it's it, it it's crazy. So here we are behind our our computer and just kind of doing this podcast. But it's crazy how many people this podcast reaches in the video too and i get messages from people all around the world and it's awesome that a lot of people connect and uh furthermore look i'll take it a step further right a lot of podcasts out there i'm not trying to get into race or politics or anything but a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of youtube channels are mainly you know caucasian people so it's cool to have and and I'm, i'm saying this because i've been told this plenty of times have minorities kind of running a podcast and then we bring people from all around the world that are just different nationalities and it's cool people say we identify with you guys because you guys are just like us you speak like us you understand things like us culturally things are different you know we view things so differently so yeah man and just just yeah. thank you so much for the support i just want to you thank know you what? I feel publicly like- I feel like we are the most diverse watch podcast. Yes. Not not only the best, but the most diverse. Bold statement. Bold statement. I think think that statement's pretty true. I didn't didn't really think about it in that terms. But now that you mentioned it, yeah, it does seem to ring quite true. It's quite interesting to think about that. Right. Well, well, think about this, Ashwin and, and P. So when people are in their respective country, right? Like when I was living in Mexico growing up, it was all Mexican people, right? We didn't, we didn't know anything about minorities and being discriminated and and we're all Mexican. We don't really see it. Right. It's not until you get to like the U S that if you're not white and you're a different nationality, then that's when you start seeing what people talk about. And you're like, Oh, I see it. I'm the minority. I get it. And you started to, you start to feel that. And, and, and again, this is not a podcast about discussing racism or politics or discrimination or minorities, but it is important because we see that kind of being the same in the watch community, right? If you don't own a Rolex or Patek or something, you're just like a Seiko guy, right? Citizen, Tiso, whatever. 
people do look at you differently, whether they like to admit it or not. You're kind of looked down upon a little bit by certain collectors, you know, because they just feel you're not at my level. You're not spending the money. You don't have a heavy, heavy, heavy hitting collection like me. And it's unfortunate, you know, and I, I, I think the the kind of a objective of this podcast is to bring awareness to everybody in the watch community, whether you're a seasoned collector or a novice to not be that way, right? Not be that way with other collectors. And furthermore, don't be like that in life because at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? We all have this, the same, we all bleed the same blood type of thing, you know? So anyway. I agree. Absolutely. I think it's a good point to mention because there's a lot of that snobbery in the, in the watch yeah. community, but I think the, the good one getting through that, uh, as of recent, at least now that there's a lot of people making content and it's quite diverse. Yeah, for sure. And look, we we've we admit it. I mean, we poo pooed a little bit on like homage watches or whatever. But uh, I mean, it's our opinion, but we would never, ever, ever look down on people that wear homage watches and have YouTube channels about homage watches. As a matter of fact, we've had people that exclusively do that on their channel. And we love it because it's like, look, we all deserve a platform to express and to show whatever we are into you know and and it's okay it's okay you know but anyway (laughs) so how you doing man germany how's how's how are things over there it's pretty decent now i mean uh the pandemic has kind of subsided it's it's one of the relatively better doing countries uh in europe Mm. Uh, i think it's it's not too bad and we've got We've got like this 3G system where it's like basically three rules. Like to go into a place, you either have a test showing that you're negative or you've previously had COVID and then that that's also fine. So you do have the immunity and that you can prove that with some other type of uh, test that you can do or you're vaccinated. So mm-hmm. things are opening up. Things are looking good. That's interesting. See, here in the U.S., um, it, it, it's crazy. Everything is just so political, right? It's like even wear mask becomes such a political thing and yeah these mandates i mean we don't we don't really have that here in california i don't know about ohio but um in la i think they're oh that you guys have that whole thing where um here in la it's to go to a gym and to i forgot where a restaurant i think you need to show proof of vaccination but i think it's pretty much it like they don't give you the opportunity to do the things you mentioned ashwin like oh Uh, that's that's unfortunate yeah, man, it's it's interesting. What about Ohio, man? No, nah, we have so no mandates yet, but they're working on it. For sure. They're working on it. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, look, stay safe, everybody that's listening and watching. Just, um, I know it's a lot of people, a lot of controversy around the vaccine. Get it, don't get it. Just do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to put in your body. It's fine, but just be mindful, right? Just be mindful of uh, other people and just just let's take care of each other right in this world but before we get deeper into the conversation and different uh topics that we have why don't we do a wrist check and uh ash when you're our guest what are you rocking man so i'm wearing this thing called the tissot pr 200 mm-hmm. and the, the unique thing about this watch is that it's an auto quartz so huh. so it's not automatic it's not quartz it's it's both so it's got a rotor that essentially winds up this uh, capacitor so it charges the capacitor and then it's a quartz movement so it's so like a single kinetic s- pretty much it's, it's kind of kind of like that nice oh, and the thing is 
yeah so i thought this would be kind of interesting because there isn't really any content on this on youtube i think there, there isn't yeah. much and it's wow. fascinating when did you uh when did you acquire that piece so yeah that's the interesting thing this kind of led me into watch collecting as a hobby because this belongs to my dad it was his piece oh. and he, he just stopped wearing it and when i was a kid so about 10 11 he had this piece so about uh, so back then i didn't know about automatic watches and i wasn't really right. into the hobby so he i asked him how long the battery would last and he said no I, I don't have to think about that i just have to make sure i wear it like once a week and i found that super fascinating and then then i took a look at it and then i saw the rotor and i was like oh this thing probably does something and charges something mm. so it kind of reminded me of this you know wind up torches like uh, right. you can find those so yeah. you wind it it holds a charge S- same kind of idea and i got super into it and then i went on amazon i was like okay i need to find one of these because uh that's where i would look at things like watches and stuff so and then i got into automatic watches by seeing an invicta actually Uh oh and okay. i actually learned about the the invicta pro diver before like the rolex submariner i knew about rolex as a brand but I didn't know about the Submariner. So that's kind of funny and interesting. That makes sense. That makes Ooh. sense. All right. Well, before we really get into your YouTube channel and like what really got you deeper, let's let's finish the 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 wristwatch and then we'll go back to you. P Ross, what are you rocking, man? I am rocking the Seiko SKX Killer. The what? Orient. Orient. Ray 2. What is it? The Orient Ray 2. It's not an SKX kill, but yeah, I, it, I guess, it I guess. It, it, it is, it is, it is. Don't worry, my my next video will prove that the SKX killer right there. <laughs> I mean, one would argue, like the, the, I think what made the SKX so iconic is not the specs. It's the wearability. It's the way it looks. It just, it just works, you know? And I don't know if you guys have ever had a chance to handle an SKX, but I've had, that's what got me kind of really started to watch collecting. And I love that thing. It's just kind of one of those things that you just wear and you're like, yeah, it fits. It's big, but it, it well, it's 42 millimeters, but because of the lug width is so short, it kind of just, it wears right, you know? So I don't know. I, yeah. SKX for me is always going to be on top of my list. I don't care if it has a 7S26 movement, non-hackable, not windable. I don't care. So <laughs> well, anyway. You know, the, the price has totally went up on those things. Tudor. Yeah, oh no, for sure. Tudor Black Bay 58 was wearing it yesterday, so it's already kind of as the right time. So I just kind of kept it on. <laughs> is is that the standard strap? Because I know you you yeah. had a different one, right? Yeah, I changed it. Uh, so I had the yeah, I had the um, I don't know if you could see it. I had the Uncle Seiko one. Oh, crap, it's blocking off right here. I had the Uncle Seiko one, but um, yeah, I took it off just because the. OEM one is so substantial and one of the cool things that I I love about this and I geek out is the ceramic ball bearings oh my god just it just yeah the way it clicks on and off is just it's insane man like I've I've never experienced something like that before so I actually I have I think Rolex has the same technology right uh I played with the Rolex ones but yeah not not for very long for me to notice all the little details but yeah i've had enough time with this guy where i really start to look at the details right and that's one of the things that i noticed right away even when i before i signed the papers to buy it i was like oh my god 
this clasp, like to open it into close, it's just so smooth. And it's like, oh, it's about the the ceramic ball bearings. Like it just it makes a huge difference. So, so to answer your it's question, su- no, it, su- it, is, nice. it is it is on the original bracelet, so as you can see. Right what do you think here. about the the rivets that everyone doesn't like? You know what? So I'll I'll tell you the truth. When we had one of our guests, Brandon, he's huge now. Brandon Minancio, he's really big on YouTube now. Congratulations to that guy. But we we brought him on. And he had this watch, right? It was like his favorite watch and he's had it for five years. And I was being a snob and I was being an idiot because I had never, ever, ever handled a Black Bay, not a 58, not a 41, nothing. I've never handled one in the metal ever. And I go, hey, I see those rivets and I, I see them in pictures. I see them in videos. Um, I mean, I what's the point of them? They're kind of full rivets. What's the point? I mean, they're trying to play play uh homage to to the past or whatever but what's the point of them and he goes you know what when you own the watch you don't even notice it like that's the last thing you notice because the dial so beautiful the the rotating bezel i mean there's so much to the watch that you don't even notice it and i i said okay cool whatever he was 100 percent right when i bought this thing i never even noticed the rivets and now that you bring it up now i know they're there but honestly it doesn't even affect it because when you're wearing the watch you don't see them i mean to, you don't you don't really see them i mean they're kind of right there but they kind of blend in with the case you know and because my my wrist is so short they took out a lot of links so basically every single one of the links has the the full rivets you know what i mean actually yeah. i don't know if all the i think all the all the pieces of the bracelet have the rivets i don't know i didn't even pay attention to be honest with you because i sized it right away and they've always just been there but yeah man to be honest with you it doesn't it's just it's it's like an aesthetic thing like if you didn't even know what they were supposed to mimic you just think it's just part of an aesthetic to be honest with you so i think anybody that's that high on their horse thinking that it's just like oh my god or whatever it's like it's just an aesthetic thing who cares <laughs> get over it and and p ross uh the strap on your orient ray raven is that stock or it's it's not right no no it's not no this is a uh strap strap not nah, uh alpine Mm. Yeah. Did did it come on the bracelet or how did you it came, buy it? It came on a bracelet. Yeah. And what do you think of that? Is it like Seiko it's, quality it's or it's trash? Yeah, okay. It's trash for sure. That's what I was wondering because I was wondering whether Orient also does that same thing that Seiko yeah. does with their pieces that they put the money in the watch and not in the bracelet. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I, I do have to admit something though for my for my make what do i have a mako array i i what what do i have mako, the mako okay so my my orient mako the bracelet is not it's actually a little bit better than a lot better than the skx like a lot better not great but it is better than the skx and yeah i mean look ashwin i don't know if you ever have you ever had a chance to handle an orient uh yes a bambino uh, a bambino but okay. that, that, that came on a leather strap I, I almost got a Ray Raven to the, the all black one, the PVD mm. with the PVD black strap, because I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I ended up getting a Seiko monster instead. Ooh, nice choice. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? Orient's a lot of, it brings a lot of value, man. Like to be honest with you, I would recommend an Orient to a lot of people, but with the Mako two that I have, I was underwhelmed by the bracelet. And by the rotating bezel, I mean, I, I cannot stand the rotating bezel. It just, it wasn't great and it didn't have a sapphire crystal. So that's why I modded it. But once I modded it, like 
it just completely changed the watch. Like, dang, this is this is a nice watch. In-house movement. I mean, pretty decent finishing. Great value. I mean, great value for what you're getting. And I would argue that, I mean, they make better watches, better entry-level watches than maybe Seiko does, you know? Uh, I, I do think Orion is trying to still prove themselves. And I think that's why they're really working towards that, you know? But anyway. So, Ashwin, let's go back to... So you got your dad's watch and it got you into like kind of collecting, but what, what was the thing or what was the watch or the, the YouTube channel or whatever that really got you into collecting? Was it the Invicta Porter Diver then or? No. So that was just like a thing I saw on Amazon and that, and it said oh, automatic okay. and then I didn't know what that meant. And then I got into what that is. Got it. Um, and the thing that really got me into the hobby, well, sort of full time is, uh, I think back in 2015, I was just looking at watches on uh, YouTube and TGV came up and then mm. I just started watching his videos mm. and I, I watched a lot of his videos and then I, I got super interested into the the movements and the, the smaller details because there's not there weren't too many people that actually spoke about the movement of a watch back then in 2015. And yeah, I think his channel was kind of a gateway into the hobby for me. So let me stop you there. What what are your opinions on TGV? A lot of people have different mixed opinions on the guy. Either love him, hate him, don't really care for him. But 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 here before you answer, a lot of people, including myself, and I think P, I don't know, yeah. got into the hobby because of this guy. So oh, yeah. no doubt about it. He's he's definitely he's definitely an OG and he's 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 gotten a lot of people into watches. So what what are your opinions on the guy? I think it's uh, super unique because there's not many people, I guess, in his position. So there's very few people that have such large YouTube channels. And I think everybody who has a YouTube channel uh, on watches, at least, knows about TGV. I think it it would be difficult to be in the space and not know about him and not have seen some of his videos. The, the thing with the hate, I, I don't really know where that stems from. I think it's something to do with the, the watch box connection or some lack of transparency somewhere. But the thing is, he's always been extremely consistent and constant, I think, in terms of his personality and what he really likes. So he yeah. still really cares about Seiko. And he started with that on, on day one. And yeah. I'm sure he along the way, he'd accumulated funds to like really move up levels and go into something completely different, but he hasn't done that. And I think that's super unique to him. So I guess it it depends on the age of the viewer and how he comes off maybe, but I think some of the hate probably stems from there, but I still don't have a clear picture on, on why people really care so much because at the end of the day, he only talks about, the, the watches in his videos and uh, he doesn't care for i don't know the how much they cost or yeah. how f- fancy they are or how cool or the lifestyle also yeah you're right well peace should we do you want to let the cat out of the bag just a little bit just just tease people just tease people a little bit i mean we can you know you, you, i'll let you do the honors no, you, i'll you, let you do the honor no sir. you do the honors you're, you're the one that uh that's, that was involved in in, in this so uh, well, we have a very special guest for episode 100. Coming up. It's coming up. Coming We're on episode soon. 93. So. That's right. That's right. And it's going to be the legendary 
TGV. So just stay tuned for that. Just stay tuned for that. So we're we're in talks with TGV. I'm super intrigued because he. I, I don't think he's done too many like interviews or collabs or any no, of sir. that stuff. No, sir. Just I think with the the Mad Watch Collector, he was on his uh, live stream or something like that, or they shared something. Right, our friend Russell. Yeah, that yeah, that was huge for Russell. See the impact that TGV has. Now I'm not going to take anything away from Russell because he's an awesome guy and he's an awesome YouTuber and he works really hard. But I know when he had TGV, it definitely helped his numbers. And I think he's about to hit 10,000 subscribers. So mm. congratulations, Russell. That's awesome, man. And uh, TGV can do uh can do wonders for people so yeah we're in talks with tgv uh we don't have a set day or time but uh yeah he agreed to to definitely give us uh, a little bit of his time to come on the podcast and he's actually a supporter of our he's a supporter of our podcast and our channels he's actually subscribed to our channels which is crazy that's super cool that's yeah really cool (laughs) that's crazy you should ask him how he really refrains from uh responding to like there's so many people who've made videos about him on youtube and I think he's never responded. And that's no, quite that, admirable. It, well, that's classy, right? Because yeah. I don't know that I could personally do that. Like, I would be so upset, right? And I'll probably like fall and start a war. Like, how dare you? How dare you talk about me that mm. way? But yeah, he's, I mean, most notably Paul Pluto, right? I mean, that Archie. Oh, yeah. I mean, but Archie, we, we all know that's who he is. That's his persona. But he he just... And he, yeah, he, he's gone at TGV hard in TGV. I don't think he's ever kind of, like you said, you know, Ashwin, he, I don't think he's ever kind of come out and said anything. So that just, that just kind of shows whatever people are saying about him in a negative way. It, it, actions speak louder than words. TGV is just showing you, I don't really care. Like I, maybe I found that ex- about- ex- extremely impressive because, you know, it's not just uh, responding to criticism or hate or something like that and even when it's quite unfounded in in a lot of the cases uh but it's that it's it's an easy way to jump on and create this train of view making videos that uh, a lot of people would watch and they it's uh, impressive that he's just avoided that entirely yeah no for sure no i I agree so yeah stay tuned we'll we'll let you guys know we weren't going to say anything but it's exciting we've been trying to keep it inside for well over a month i mean we've known and and this is kind of it's it's one of those things like do we let people know do we not let people know but it's like well i mean he agreed and we're still finalizing the details so we're excited about it so yeah that's episode 100 and i mean where do we go from there right from there is just like you don't you don't get any higher in the youtube kind of community but that guy right yeah of course we, we want other people but uh but uh, the and, next and thing you, you could try to do is uh, try to figure out what watch finder the, the guy is and what he looks like. <laughs> well, I know, I think I he's, know Scottish watches he's, just had him on. So he, he uh, great. Andrew, I think is his name. Uh, great guy. So yeah, I'll reach out to watch finder. I mean, definitely that guy's pretty knowledgeable. And you know what I appreciate about that guy from uh, watch finder, Andrew, that's his name um, is that he has two watches in his collection and he had one watch for the longest time. It was a Grand Seiko and it was a quartz. I forget the reference number, but he recently made a video of what's going to be my next video. I can't talk like him. He's awesome. But anyway, what's going to be my next uh, watch? And he ended up with a Black Bay 58, just like mine. So he has a, a Grand Seiko quartz and a BB 58. And that he only has two watches in his collection. Mm. And it's crazy. It's like, how can you not acquire more when you're doing videos on these crazy pieces and you work for Watchfinder? I mean, what? How do you do it? You know? 
It's super interesting that he's kept his face away from all of it. He said that it was, uh, it, what do you say? He's like, it was never about me becoming famous. It was all about the watches and that's the way that we want to keep it. So that question never got brought up of like, when are you revealing your face? But he's like, I'm not interested in that. It's just about the watches. And it's actually a team of three people is himself and two videographers, but the videographers take turns on when they record one week, one of them records, then the next week, the other one records. But basically that, that the script or the, the, I guess the scripts or whatever he talks about, it's all him. Like he comes up with all the, all the information and, and uh, the guy doesn't do any of the filming or the editing, but he does all the, all the legwork. Right. Because I mean, Watchfinder does an incredible job of taking you on this journey. Right. And it's like, where's this guy going with this? Like, it has nothing to do with the watch. He's talking about parallels between blah, 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 blah. And then he brings it back home. And you're like, man, I just got taken on this journey. Then just so poetic the way he puts things. And I'm like, I don't think there's a lot of people out there, including myself, that could ever try to do anything like that. Even if I tried, I I don't even know where how to begin, you know? So <laughs> mm-hmm. True. But uh, but yeah, man, no, that's, that, that's cool. We'll, we'll see. We'll see TGV and then. We'll see where we go from there. I mean, we definitely want to maybe get some more CEOs of like companies. We've done a lot of micro brands, but we'll we'll see how we could do maybe some bigger watch brands. I don't, I don't even know how to how to ask, but I guess we could just gotta ask, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that they're, they're quite unapproachable uh, still, like a lot of big watch brands because yeah. they've just got too many marketing teams and uh, like they just have one email where everything gets sent. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. I agree. I agree. And and then the likes of like Hodinkee radio or Hodinkee is like, well, they had the CEO of like Omega or whatever, but it's like, well, it's in partnership with them because they sell their watches. And it's just kind of like a mutual understanding where it's like, Hey, we'll do this, but you need to do this for us, you know? And yeah. then for our podcast, like we've had CEOs and like Mike, right. From Christopher Ward, he's been on here twice. Super cool guy. He doesn't want anything from us. We don't want anything from him. It's just kind of like, he's just a watch guy, you know? I mean, I mean, he's come on to like, obviously talk about his new releases but he just needs a platform but other than that like man when we're uh when we're not recording and we're kind of talking you know banter be- before the recording he's, he's a cool guy he's just yeah, how, how, how are you guys and you know i'm here and i'm there and it's just like it's not even about watches it's just a human being having a conversation and it's so cool he's not all business is what i'm trying to say you know so that's really nice to see. I mean, yeah. yeah usually, man. when you when you get in contact with a watch company, it's probably not the guy who's involved in the actual watches. Yeah. No. So it's it's cool to to know that, and of course, the the smaller micro brands, they're the face of the company. They they basically run everything, right? Their own PR and their own everything. But somebody of the likes of like Christopher Ward, like Mike, like he he's not taking care of that stuff. He has a whole PR team. He has, I mean, he's he's the CEO, you know, that's his role. And so for him to take the time and, and kind of talk to us, like that's the, and twice, you know, that's, that's cool. So yeah, it would be cool to get uh, some bigger brands uh, on here, but we'll see, man. I mean, right now we're happy to have you and you're a big part of the YouTube community. You got yes, over 2000 yes, subscribers. Yeah. A little bit over 2000. Yeah. Cool. So what made you start a YouTube channel then? So the thing is I was super into watches and I would watch a lot of videos. So uh, almost everyone there was. And I I figured if I'm spending so much time on this anyway, <laughs> yeah. why don't I do something for myself as well? And I figured 
I mean, the, the main reason to start speaking on YouTube and not just getting into the individual community was, mm-hmm. was so that I could uh, be more fluent in conversation, ex- expressing ideas. Makes I figured sense. communication is important. Yeah, I mean, in all stages of your life. And this was the easiest, most fun way that I could do something creative and challenging at the same time. So yeah, that's, that's kind of why I started. So how long ago? Okay. So two, two things. <clears throat> how long have you been into watch collecting and uh, how long have you been on YouTube? So I got into watches properly in 2015. Oh, and I, okay. I, I, started my channel in i think december or end november of 2019 so four years okay. cool wow okay you've been on it for a while so i i i think we were talking about this a little bit so rodrigo right that was your friend you guys kind of started it together well what was the yeah, whole point so of it was, was it a podcast or what, what was what was we, we didn't have a direction it's just that i was into watches and he was my roommate and i got him into watches Hmm. <laughs> just just by him being my my college roommate so then he got super into watches and then we would just talk about watches all the time in this in the same room and i was like we might as well make something out of it and uh, so i just threw on the camera and then we did the same thing that we just do otherwise so then you move from you say you're from hong kong so you move from hong kong to germany to finish your studies are you still in contact with rodrigo yeah uh he's uh he's still around here he's just busy with he's got a kind of a full-time job and so i've taken the channel separately kind of but uh yeah got it we're still great friends so is it fair to say that the channel kind of you started it but then he became involved but then he's not involved but it's just your channel basically you're running it like it's it's all like we started it together because uh it was fun to bounce ideas of each other and uh, but I I knew how to film it and stuff because I have another like small channel for guitar videos and stuff, which I started in 2015. Mm. And so I, I figured out how to record audio and record video. And so that's so I would do that and edit it. And so I we'd come up with topics or we just have a conversation. And so he'd come over to my place or we'd be in the same dorm room and record it and I'd go edit it later and upload it and do all that stuff very cool very cool so what was that uh what was the first watch that you bought with your own money that you said all right this is this is what i'm getting this is what's going to get me into the hobby um so i i got the seiko monster that that was my first watch okay i got that in 2017 Mm. and two months later i bought a bostock uh Okay. Because I got super into wanting something in-house at that time in 2017. That's the thing. I mean, a lot of people on YouTube spoke about in-house and it, and and the scene wasn't like that diverse. So you kind of got the feeling from most YouTubers that in-house is good, non-in-house is bad. So you always go for in-house. So it was so not you got this you got the Seiko because you're like it's in house, it's everything. And I was like, boss I need something something in-house. So I looked at Seiko, I was like, oh okay, everything Seiko makes is in-house. That's that's funny. Perfect. Done. So <laughs> yeah, and I wanted I wanted a diver, so because dive watches are I think my favorite category, but yeah. yeah. So I got that and 
I also did care a little bit about the investment aspect of it, even back then, even though that was not a big deal and it, it, was, it was a Seiko, but I made sure to get the J1, which is the uh, made in Japan whatever, version. Man. I didn't get that one. All right. Just, <laughs> I get it. I, I, get I don't it. know if it makes a difference, but back then I thought, okay, if it did potentially ever make a difference, I want to be happy that I got the, the J1 and not the K1. The JDM version. Yeah. Not the Malaysia version. Yeah. But it. It, it, it really makes uh, no difference now. But back then uh, it was 20, I think 20 US dollars more. And I was like, you know what? Let's uh, still go for that one because well, it probably yeah. makes better sense i was i was too cheap by the way i i bought mine uh crap seven years ago and i got it through mark at long island watch and i had a coupon code i bought mine for 195 195 bucks and it was like 10 dollars more 15 bucks more for the j version and it was my first time buying anything online like a, a watch not not online but a watch and anything that expensive and I was so scared. And I, my wife's like, are you sure they're not going to rip you off? Like, have you ever bought a watch before online? I'm like, no, but this guy has a really good reputation on, on YouTube. So I'm, I'm going to go for it, you know, and I regret it, man. And, and it's not so much about the money for me. It's just about knowing that it was like the JDM version of that product. And I was so cheap to not get it, you know, and I, that's one of my biggest regrets with the SKX. So <laughs> Well, let me, before P. Ross asks you the question that I think is a great question, how many watches in your collection now? And if you don't mind telling us what you have. Okay, so the thing is, I don't know exactly because there are some homage <laughs> watches, but I bought them just to make videos on. So I don't really consider it something that I daily wear. It was just kind of I mean, but cheap experimental them, right? stuff. You yeah, so them, there was so. this... Okay, so... Let me start chronologically. So, so was the, So this is my dad's. I don't know if I, I, just, I just wear it now, but uh, I don't <laughs> count this. But so that's the Seiko Monster, then Vostok Komendiski. I have two other Vostoks, both are amphibias. I'm a big Vostok fan. Okay. Um, last year, I got the Swatch System 51 Hodinki. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that the white uh, one? Yeah, the white one. The summer. Uh, no, it's not got the California dial. It's just okay. got dots. Um, okay. Worth a lot of money, right? I'm sure they're going for a... It's not. Thing. I thought... It, no? I kind of thought it would. But I think a lot of people did the same thing. But oh. so many... Like, a lot of people bought it and they've just kept it in the box and not opened it. But mm. I just bought it so that... Because like, I found it interesting. I wanted to make a video on it. And I've been wearing it. So I figured it, it's a Hodinki release that would not sell out in like 20 seconds. So I was able to get it. That's one of the reasons I got that. Cool. Um, apart from that, uh, I've got an Alpha. I don't know if you know Alpha watches. It's, it's kind of a homage. It sounds familiar. I think. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the it's like a Daytona. Like a... It's, actually, it's actually here. It's a Daytona homage. Oh, okay. yes. yes yeah 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 so this That's thing's cool, got the because it's, a, it's an homage movement. it's an homage but look at the the dial is like red it's like completely yeah. different i like, wanted to yeah. make sure it doesn't kind of look like the real thing Ooh, it, let's see it yeah so so this yeah, is the dial it's red I've seen, yeah but yeah actually p Ooh. i think our friend um david schwartz has that watch right an alpha no yeah, am i wrong I that's so, so nice man 
I need to get me. What do what do you what do you think of the SC19 movement? A lot of people. I think it's awesome. I, I think, think it's, it's awesome super too. cool. And I just like that the fact that it's it's a column wheel chronograph and yeah. it's so cheap mm-hmm. and it's really good in terms of durability as well. It just I think it's quite under for the money. It's crazy. Yeah. And, but, but people poo poo on it because it's Chinese. Right. But, but the machinery came from Venus, right? Yeah, the from, Venus. From Switzerland. So it's like, come on, man. I mean, some Chinese company bought all the, the machinery Equipment. and shipped it there. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know if they figured out to make those uh, machines later because a lot of manufacturers use this movement, but yeah. still, yeah, it's really cool. But nevertheless, that um that's one of the watches then i got a pro diver last year just to to make a video on but it's kind of i bought it used for like 50 bucks and it came with the crown off so like i can i can set the time Mm. clockwise but if i go anti-clockwise it just unscrews the crown Mm. (laughs) wow wow all right i've been meaning (laughs) meaning to sell that for like a year but i want to fix it first because i don't want to send it to the next buyer like this yeah, and for sure. I haven't gotten around to fixing that. Then, apart from that, uh, I've got a Seamaster um, and a Daydrift. All right. So, look, P, he's talking about all these watches, all cheery and everything. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of stops and, oh, yeah, Seamaster and a Daydrift. Um, <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? Like, That's some heavy heading pieces right there. How, how humble. I, I mean, gee. Talk about humility. I mean, the thing is, I mean, if, if you uh, notice, he had more excitement talking about the Vostok. Yeah, you know, and the Alpha. He's talking about the ST19 yeah. movement and how cool it is. And then, oh yeah, and a Seamaster and a Dayjust. I mean, these are <laughs> wow. these 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 are common watches, and I think uh, in terms of at least YouTube, they're quite common. Speedmaster, Seamaster, Dayjust, Submariner, and there's a lot of content on these things and there's a lot of presence on youtube and there isn't so much uniqueness to them and they're also like it's interesting because when you have something like at 200 bucks which is a chronograph whereas something that costs so much more is not and and it's spoken about a lot more and much higher regard it's just i I find certain things more interesting i don't know speak about or so what was yeah. that uh what'd you get first the rolex or the omega or the the seamaster first that was i think 2018 and the date just uh was just when i just before no just when i started the channel yeah but i never made a video on it so was like, it all you or did your parents help you out if you don't mind me asking or? yes so the seamaster was a gift it was a birthday gift that's so nice that's gift. not me at all. Yeah, it's a super nice birthday gift. So that's why I don't I don't really talk about it because like, I didn't buy it. But the date just it was me. But I what I did was I got a part time job, like as a university student, and I spent one year like pulling all the money for that oh, watch. Crap. One year, wow. So like I I would seriously not recommend anyone do that, but like. I had this kind of special personal event and and that watch was the first Rolex that I'd ever tried. It's a it's a 36 millimeter date just it's Beautiful. reference 116200. Okay. And that that's 
and I think in 2014, uh, someone I knew had one and that's the first time I ever saw a Rolex in the flesh and I, and I tried it on and it was this insane moment of, okay, I'm, I'm probably never going to get to experience this again. So let me just take a look at it for another five yeah. minutes. And yeah, so at the end of 2019, I'd, I had saved enough by then and I just bought it. Pre-owned? But I would, pre-owned, of course. It's a 2012 piece. Okay. I, I couldn't have bought a new. Two but tone. yeah, it took, no, it's just a standard stainless steel with the Roman dial and mm. the silver Roman dial. Yeah, but I would not do that again. I mean, it's, it's not, the reason I had some security in doing that is because I was following the market and I figured, okay, it's, it's a way of parking your money also that's, kind of because really it's Rolex. But yeah, but I don't generally speak about that or the Seamaster. I haven't made any videos on them because I don't know. Uh, I don't have something that, like super interesting to share about them. Mm. That's not already done, you know? I think right. Cashman's just being humble, man. is it fair to say that it makes you feel maybe a little bit weird talking about your material possessions and something that's like so expensive because like you said you see so much value in a 200 dollars chronograph and you're like maybe feel weird about talking about something that's thousands of dollars yeah when when it's it's your own yeah it kind of feels weird because there's always that aspect of you know so like on youtube i'm relatively young and I've been in a fortunate position to be able to do this. And like, it's not something that, that that's very common. So I don't see it as like something great or something to really appreciate. It's just something I really wanted for myself. So I did it, but it was not probably the responsible thing to do. You parked your money. I'm pretty sure your, your Rolex is worth a little bit more money than when you bought it. So Maybe, yeah, a little bit, but it's a data, so it's not like flying up or something like that. Eh, at least you're not losing money, you know? So, right. Yeah. So, if you had to recommend a three watch collection to someone, what watches would they be and why? And let's keep and it, what, like $5,000? $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, you told me that I, I'd get this question, so I kind of prepared. Nice. A few options. So Nomos Club Campus 38. Mm, yeah. I don't know how much that is in the States, but I'm assuming about 1500 US dollars or something like that. I think it's less than 2000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. If it's around 1500, then okay. Then we have three and a half left. So there's this 40 millimeter speedy. Yeah. Do you know those? Uh, they're not the speedy reduced, but they're like 40 millimeters. Automatic though? Because- yeah, I think it's automatic uh, because the reduced is, I think, 39 and it looks very similar to the mm-hmm. the Moonwatch. But right. these speedies kind of have like white dials and like gray dials and stuff. So it's 40 millimeters. And I think those okay. go around 2K. So, yeah, that's a good one. So right now we're, we have 1500 bucks left. Then something... Hmm. What else could I put in here? By the way, I like the Zin. 
I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Nomos? Yeah. Yeah, I have the Nomos catalog, the latest one. You can get them for free on their website. So I just got it. So I'm looking at prices right here. See, uh, the club ha- campus, right? You said? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. So what was the other one you said? So Nomos, Speedy. Yeah, so that's, I was assuming that's like three and a half K. And then I was thinking about um, Azin, five, five, six. Mm. that's a great collection it's, right there so i mean you got your chronograph you got your nomos would be kind of like a everyday piece i guess yeah what is it uh <clears throat> the club campus is it a uh, hundred meters water resistance yeah that or less i think must be 100 okay that's a great collection i, I really think that um that a lot of people do sleep on uh, nomos i mean in-house movements german made uh attention to detail is actually really good on those on those watches i've I've been kind of digging at this uh catalog and seen a lot of uh videos and yeah it's it's beautiful so 38 is is this a california dial uh yeah there are i mean there are a few variants i think I mean, it's like uh, 726 yeah that there's a silver dial also i think they're both california though i think all yeah, the club campuses campus. are california right I think so. Yeah. And you would recommend the obviously 38, I think is the only one they make it in. Is that uh, the 727, the serial 727 or? Seven. No, reference number 736, 708, 735, 736. Okay. Uh, 727. Which okay. one's? 727. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Oh. That's the gray dial. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. That thing is, is pretty cool. I'm still trying to find out how much it costs. I think the cost is all the way in the back, but yeah, man, those are some pretty good pieces. So, I mean, you're, you're getting kind of like Omega. Everybody knows Omega. And I think um, Zen and Nomo is very underrated. And you notice something, Piros, our man is coming from Germany and he just recommended two right. German watches. <laughs> Coincidence? Yeah, I've so, gotten super into into Zen, Nomos, and uh, a few other Glashütte brands. Uh, Our Langen Zone, I mean, uh, yeah, that's insane. Longus is just it's it's insane, man. Yeah, Longus, cool. Longus, super cool. I think Nomos, like every time I look at Nomos, like it really kind of gives me, it reminds me of of Longa. In a, in a way, I know people are probably gonna think I'm crazy, but just. Germans have a thing about finishing their movements in a certain way, right? The attention to detail, it reminds me very much of like the Japanese with Grand Seiko. Like they take pride in what they do. Not that the Swiss don't, but it's it's almost like they need to prove themselves, right? Like, hey, we could do this as well. And it's as good, if not better than the Swiss. And I just think like they're always trying to prove themselves. And I appreciate that, you know, because you get a lot for your money. So. But I think, um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, three watch collection. Now, let me put you on the spot. If somebody said a student came to you and said, hey, I only have maybe a thousand bucks, but I want a three watch collection, right? So I want mm. a dress watch or everyday watch and the dive watch and maybe something like more sporty, right? Like a, I don't know, like a chronograph or something. What, mm. what would you recommend? Thousand bucks. I mean, it's pretty easy because I've got a Vostok. I've got a Seiko. I've got this Alpha um like those those would be easy standard picks then you could go hamilton i think hamilton's pretty good yeah. for their yeah. field watches 
in terms they of are. a chronograph that's if you want to get like one of the cheapest chronographs that are automatic then you'd have to look at Tissot again i think uh the t navigator or something is like the cheapest automatic chronograph that i've ever mm-hmm. found uh mm-hmm. it's i saw it on joma shop for like 400 or 350 bucks and yeah that's crazy so those would be some good options um if you wanted to go 1000 bucks entirely i'd go for yep. as in 556 mm. but if it's 3 watch then you can look at orient i, I like bambino bostock bostock's great um alpha it depends on how you feel about homages uh, of course but if you don't want that and you still want the st19 then you can get the seagull 1963 yeah. that's also a good piece in that range or and Seiko 5KXs some Seiko monsters but like those are getting kind of expensive now um yeah those are the watches i would pick anything from there great choices man great choices well i do have a question for both of you so i've noticed that you know over the past few years since i've been into collecting like you said tgb was kind of like the ogs and stuff like that but all of a sudden just bunch of youtube channels right talking about watches and publications and you see it in the in the normal news too about watches and investability and like the Paul Newman and all that stuff and uh i guess my question is what do you why do you guys think and i've been trying to think of this myself and i just i don't i don't know what it is i can't come up with an answer i think i have an answer but what why do you think so many watches or so many people got into watch collecting and watches are kind of like hot right now. What do you what do you guys think? I mean, watches have been around for a long time and it was never like this. So why now? Why do you think their watches are so hot right now? I think is I think people have always been in the watches. But I think with the emergence of like social media and being on YouTube, people actually are getting confidence to actually do videos and um And it's a niche market, right? You know what I mean? So when you really think about it, it's how can I put this? How can I put this? People a lot of people, people jumped on the bandwagon. Got it. You know what I mean? A lot of people They don't think they're crazy anymore. Right. <laughs> oh, there's more like me. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I mean, I think people have always been in the watches, collecting watches, but as far as like the social media aspect like joining social media you have to have some sort of confidence in what you do yeah. you know what i'm saying and i think that by looking at people like tgv or uh jody just one more watch you know it get people confidence to do it mm-hmm. and just to come out you know what i mean but a lot a lot of people i hate to say this but a lot of people that are into watch collecting now are not really watch collectors they're more like uh just had hopping on the freight train like trying to get paid and tra- you know what i mean so got it that's the way i see it yeah it's pretty good ashwin so i think the reason like watches are really expensive and hot right now is is because of the, the fact that the markets have been really good and a lot of people have been able to earn a lot and they've kind of figured out that it's it's an asset class at this point mm-hmm. and and every year there's record numbers of watches being auctioned at like over a million US dollars which is quite insane 
But I think as it grows, people are just the the rich people are kind of diversifying by getting into watches as well, whereas previously they didn't consider this or care about it. And then once you have like people that that are willing to put a, suddenly a lot of money into one class of things, I think there's that trickle down effect of everyone kind of seeking that or looking towards it as as the hot new item. So kind of like hype beast culture, which was really hot and maybe 2017, 2018, still quite strong, but it did kind of peak like two, three years ago. And that's when like all these new brands came up with limited production and uh, like there's so much more demand than supply. And I think uh, Rolex is one of the big brands that has caused this shift and social media in general, I think it helped amplify everything and uh, let everyone all over the world know about this and it's not just in i don't know uh, some rich neighborhoods or secluded to some like high gdp countries or something like that anyone can open their phone and then they see oh wow this this watch is is going for 20 grand and it's going to be worth more so i think that's one of the big contributing factors so it's gotten a lot of people that would have never considered watches into watches on a superficial level and everybody who's who's been able to earn like a substantial amount of money for whatever reason in the last few years has also kind of slowly gravitated towards watches and bought them and then everyone they know gets to know about that and then slowly just spreads i think that's the reason you're right you're right and and, and i like the the kind of what you said right about the the trickle down effect because you do have these big collectors with deep pockets right and it's all about rolex and and whatever independence and stuff like that but then the way it trickles down is the homage market like uh i heard i think jody or somebody was talking like back in the day you would go on aliexpress and it would just be very limited right everything was cadison cadison and some other things and it was kind of like kind of unique designs or kind of boring designs but all of a sudden man the explosion in the homage watch industry is crazy because they're trying to emulate these big expensive things that nobody can get. So in my opinion, we have those people as well, right? The homage market just exploded and that contributes to all of this, right? Social media, it's, it's crazy. And social media is a, is a deadly weapon, you know, because you know how it is. You buy something and you see something and you want the next thing. So uh, I think uh, you guys both, did a really good job explaining what it could potentially be. It's from an investability standpoint and because they became an asset class, you're hundred percent right. And also from the hype uh, portion of it, right? Like, well, what, what, what is this whole thing about watches? I want to, I want to jump on that, you know? And the unfortunate thing is once you own a cool watch, then you kind of come addic- become addicted to watches, you know, it's very easy to, to get into watches, you know? So but one of one of the crazy things that we've seen, and now we wanted to kind of pick your brain about this as well, is the Rolex bubble. Like uh, a lot of people talk about it, right? Is it going to burst? Is it not going to burst? What's going on? Uh, and then Rolex comes out with these stupid statements, right? About, you know, yeah, we can't control it, blah, blah, blah. And we're not going to increase production. We're aware of it. But, you know, they, they just kind of didn't really make a good statement, in my opinion. You know, they just kind of, acknowledge the fact that there's a shortage but basically didn't blame it on themselves you know so what are you guys' opinion on the rolex bubble is there a bubble 
<laughs> it's it's super interesting because every few months things rise up substantially and then you go okay this is getting close to the end because the last few months everything shot up by 50% and the few months before that it, the same thing happened so typically in all other markets you you do see a recurring crash so there's a rise and then there's a crash especially if you look at if you look at the housing market or you look at the stock market i mean these trends do repeat themselves but that's these two things are like very tied to the the government and how the government also operates but something like watches are, are a completely different asset class i think because the the traditional person would not invest in a watch so if you consider the people that are buying rolexes you have to have so much disposable money i mean yeah. literally so much to to put it put like 5 10 grand on a watch out, out of all things that you can buy this is one of the most ridiculous things you can put so much money into you you right. could buy a car you could buy something you could renovate your house you could do so many other things uh with that vacation. money so yeah you could do that but the thing is so the people that that are typically buying these rolex watches have that much more disposable income and they've got everything else covered they've got the car all the cars they yeah. they want they've got the the houses they want and so essentially this money in a way doesn't really matter to them so it's should i put some of it in the stock market and should i put some of it in watches or should i just put all of it in the stock market i mean the stock market could could go down 30% and whoever's investing in stocks is ready for that to happen so the same way i think they they're not too concerned but they there's such high level players that like rolexes don't matter to them but that matters to everyone else when they go and buy these things so when it rises let, let's say 20% every 5 to 6 months then and this thing is it's it's not really connected to the the typical asset classes like stocks or a housing market because that depends on the companies and that depends on the government in in certain cases on certain laws and how much mon- money the government has and debt and there's too many variables there that people can't control themselves but when you have this class that's solely uh, supported by people with so much wealth that it doesn't matter then it doesn't actually need to crash and that's why i think it's not really crashed so far yeah very interesting piros any thoughts yeah i think rolex uh invest in their own hype you know what i mean um they know how many models they're going to make the quantity they're going to make and then they say okay well we're going to raise the price you know what i mean on this particular model but then like on this model is like no it's not happening you know what i'm saying so i think they invest in their own bullshit you know and i i think they're in cahoots just like you said in your latest video there ashwin about richer meal and them kind of being involved in the gray market uh, it rolex will never admit to it but i i really do think that there is some conversation between rolex and and the maybe not the gray market but the 80s and uh and kind of I don't know. I I I think uh the scarcity of of watches it just cannot be real. Like it just doesn't make sense that you go into any Rolex AD and the shelves are empty. Like 
what like it just doesn't make sense to a normal person like you talk to any normal person that's not a watch person and you tell them that they'll be like wait so what are they selling how are they making money it just doesn't make any sense right so i think rolex has a lot to do with it a lot to do with it and 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 they just would never admit it it's just so hard to believe that there's such a huge demand out there unless all the great market dealers are the are the consumers right because there's so much money for them that they they're just in cahoots with the ADs and the ADs are thinking, oh, we're going to make money no matter what, because we have all these gray market dealers knocking at our door, you know, and we just got to keep it low key. So I think it's just, I think in my opinion, all of them are killing it for normal people like us that I used to aspire to own a Rolex or Mariner at retail at one point, but that's never going to happen, you know, or I'm going to be on this crazy wait list. And now even a Rolex or Mariner at retail is what, like 9,000 bucks, like that's a lot of money. I don't have that kind of money, you know? And even if I did, like you said, Ashwin, I prefer putting my $10,000 elsewhere aside from a watch. Like it just doesn't make sense. My, like my addiction is bad, but not that bad where I'm going to put my family at jeopardy because I'm not rich, you know? So. I mean, it completely makes sense. Yeah. You would rather invest in something that uh, makes, makes you happier or like changes uh, something in your life drastically and, yeah. and a watch is not going to do that it does for a long long term you know maybe you're happy for the first six months and then you're like yeah it's a watch i, I don't know if i want to wear it today maybe i'll wear something else yeah but, no, for sure no i agree yeah i i made this little video and i've been kind of hesitant to put it out i was uh, <laughs> it was like two a week ago or something like that i was waiting in in the parking lot i was with my with my son my wife and we went to the store to pick something up and i stayed in the car right because I was like, ah, I don't feel like getting off, whatever. So they got off and I was bored and I was wearing the the tutor and I was just looking at it and I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? I have something to say. So I got my phone, I put it like in the selfie mode and I started doing like a vlog style video. And I said, um, in my opinion, if you spend more money on a watch, that doesn't mean that it makes you happier right? So money is not a correlation with happiness. And unfortunately, a lot of new collectors or people that have been in the hobby, but don't have expensive watches think that once I have that three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 watch, I'm going to be so happy. Um, my life is going to be fulfilled and, and, and I'm going to have so much joy. And it's like, no, you're wrong because it doesn't. Like I was looking at this thing and I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting this thing for a while. I never thought I would spend this much money on a watch, to be honest with you. But I get more enjoyment out of my SKX than I do this for several reasons, sentimental reasons, also from a value perspective. Like I could wear the SKX comfortably. If I knock it somewhere, it's going to hurt, but I'm not going to cry about it. This on the other end, I'll be like, oh my God, oh my God, that's a lot of money. I don't, I'm not, you know, what am I going to do? Right. So, and, and, and I talked a little bit more in the video, but I haven't wanted, I don't want to release it just yet. I'm thinking about it, but it's, it's, a thought that I've been having and it's like, does money equal happiness in a way? But at the end of the day, it really doesn't, right? You could get joy from a Casio, the same that you can uh, maybe FP Jorn. And I know it sounds ridiculous. You're like, that's stupid, but it's not. It's just how a watch speaks to you and watches speak differently to different people. So I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but money is not a, or, or the, the value of a watch doesn't mean that that's going to make you happy, you know? No, that's definitely true. I agree with that for sure. True. I mean, it it completely makes sense because if you're considering something that that you're not comfortable 
spending on, then you're never going to be comfortable using it or wearing it all the time. Yeah. And it's it that detracts from you being able to enjoy it as a time beast and and not as something that's very valuable and needs you yeah. need to think about where you're going before you wear it. So there's that factor to it. But tying back to the the Rolex argument, I feel like uh I think that one of the the negative things about all these watches going up so much in price is is not just that like it becomes less affordable for the average enthusiast but it it kind of encourages the brands to just hike up their prices because they're just yeah. sitting there like why why don't we realize 20% more profit and then patek does this a lot like they just go and hike things up by 20 25% which is like more than 6000 US dollars just for the next year to have the same watch which is insane but every brand's going to do this and I don't know what happens then. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of micro brands and we're seeing uh, so much resurgence and so many more options in the mm, sub thousand yeah. dollar range that we didn't have like five years ago. You five years ago you'd go for Seiko, Vostok, or Orient or some. You know that you knew the set of five to maybe ten brands that you knew had good value under thousand. But now it's it's there's like a hundred brands that you could go for under thousand. and i think that's also because uh, the big brands are chasing money of course and yeah. raising their prices well we're almost at the hour mark actually a little over an hour we got time for maybe one more question p ross the last question actually ties in really good on what he just hit right now about micro brands or actually uh not not the watch brands but the 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 2021 and what we've seen so far uh i guess from both mainstream brands and micro brands i guess be tied in so uh are you the interested question, in like yeah well the question that uh, that i guess we had was uh what was your favorite watch release so far in 2021 and it, it could be both independent uh, i mean not both but it could be independent micro brand you know major brand okay so uh releases wise i the first thing that comes to me is a uh, micro brand to ming and corona tokyo i liked their okay. releases okay ming had some flack and issues with uh, how they handled uh, one of their recent releases but the first one the the 1709 uh, i really liked that watch cuz ming has this design characteristic that you typically you don't see too often in in yeah. a micro brand or something that's not super expensive Right. So, I agree. Like like it has like those kind of design characteristics that you'd see in independent Swiss brands but they're all like 10k plus or like 50k or some unique things. So I like that aspect of Ming and Corona Tokyo. While I I'm not the biggest fan of their their movement choice because they use a Miyota and quite an expensive watch. I think yeah. they could have I'm not saying that Miyota is 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 subpar movement but if the watch is so expensive you can put a better movement in it. Yeah. And so but but their dials is what you're kind of paying for and it's mm-hmm. quite cool to see that. And the smaller sizes the 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 Toki I think is it's like 37 and most watch brands would be pretty scared about releasing anything under 40 because it doesn't appeal to th- that many people and that's kind of cool to see in terms of higher end brands um independence something like kari butlenen 
uh, I like what Kari uh, is doing, but that's so very niche and limited and extremely, extremely expensive. So it's just something nice to look at and see what watchmaking can be if you have no limits. And MBNF also has their perpetual, the legacy machine perpetual, I think in uh, platinum and it looks super cool. Um, Last year, I liked the the Moses Streamliner chronograph. Mm, that was a cool one. All these that are, movement like, was crazy in that one. Yeah, super super cool looking things. And this year, yeah, actually Chapek, I like the the Antarctic split seconds chronograph release. The uh, uh, did you see that one? It was no, it doesn't ring a bell. It was like seventy seven pieces, and it it's super cool. Uh, it's okay. All fascinating stuff to look at, but very expensive stuff. But nevertheless cool to see where it goes yeah no i agree i agree well before we let you go uh you, you are in germany so obviously maybe you watch different shows or eat different food than than us here in the u.s so uh let's finish off with like other things right uh, i mean it could be watches but typically we talk other things so anything you want to recommend or movie or food or anything that's been kind of peaking at your interest as of late um nothing specific in terms of movie or food i mean i saw uh the series squid game you probably saw it as well i watched everyone you know saw what? it <laughs> i didn't finish it i i'm on episode three and it's it's pretty interesting i mean it, it plays on so many different levels of like social economic and stuff like that so it's, it's, it's a good series so far so it was it was pretty engaging uh but i don't want to say anymore because you you haven't seen it fully so Right, well, right, right. Don't, don't let's ruin pick it. something. Don't ruin it. <laughs> P. Ross, have you yeah. seen it? No, no. You no. got to watch it. You got to watch it. Okay. Squid Game. It's pretty good. It's on Netflix. Get with it, man. Get with question. It. This may be a, a dumb question, but you're in Germany and you're doing your bachelor's degree, you said? Yeah. Are the doing classes there in German or in English or what? No, I'm since I'm an international student, there, there are classes in English, but oh, okay. yeah. So I, 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 can't, I can't do classes in German yet, but I have some basic understanding of German. Got it. That's cool. So once you finish your goals to go back to Hong Kong or do you like Germany enough to? Uh, I, I don't know at this point because uh, the thing I like more than watches is cars. Oh, you and mentioned that. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, I mentioned that in, the, in yesterday's video. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the reason I... I, I'm even here to study here and because I want to get into the automotive industry. So I, I don't know if I'll continue and do a master's here or maybe look for some jobs in the in the automotive industry when I finish my bachelor's. So your degree so, has to do with something in the automotive industry? Is that fair to say? It's 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 mechanical engineering, so it's a bit more general, but yeah. So what would be your dream job if once you get all your degrees, like what would be working for F1 or for BMW uh-huh. or? F1 sounds really cool, but I think uh, that career is, is a lot shorter than, than most people would expect because I think uh, it's, it's, it's dependent on funding and it's dependent on, on winning and so many other aspects mm-hmm. and not just like designing things. Yeah. I like the idea of like working on some sort of engine or like like the design of a car, something more specific to a car and 
not as reliant on like like the reason I don't care for F1 too much is because it's mainly about who's the fastest and it's not mainly about what car is the coolest or what's specific about the cars. So I'm not into the racing aspect as much, but I'm into the the design of the car and the engines yeah. and those kind of things. So maybe just like any automotive company. Uh, I don't really know what exactly like a graduate of like mechanical engineering would do at, at, at one of these companies because they're so, they're so huge. So you'd work on something very niche. But yeah, I guess I'd I have to try it out first and then see what opportunities I can find. That's cool, man. Well, best of luck to you. P. Ross, anything you want to talk about? Well, I went to go see the latest Halloween movie last night. How was that? Don't ruin it for us, but how was it? Excellent. Excellent. I'm so glad they decided to reboot this this movie franchise. It's incredible. For sure. Okay. I've heard some mixed I've heard some mixed reviews about it. Uh I, I want to watch it myself, but I heard it's not that great. Oh, but uh, if you lying. say it's good, they're lying. They're lying. They're not telling you the truth. Okay. I should check that out. Have you guys seen No Time to Die? No, I was going to no, ask you guys. Yet. I haven't had a not chance. Yet. What about you? You saw yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I saw it last week. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I can't say much again because you haven't seen it. But <laughs> yeah. I can talk about the the Omega. So they they do have it in the movie. So that's good. And there is like a, a small scene about it, which is cool okay. to see. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to say what it does, but yeah, <laughs> it tells the time, right? <laughs> yeah, it tells the time. There you go. And, and, and Bond wears it, and Bond's the only person who can wear it. So yeah, he wears it, mm. and it's Omega. That, that's about it. You know, it's so funny. I, I I saw it in the in the metal a few months ago, actually, before I got the tutor. I saw it in the metal. I went to an Omega boutique here in uh, actually in San Diego, California. And they had it and it looked so cool, right? Like I'm like, yeah, it looks exactly like the pictures in the video, but oh my God, I was not ready for this. He's like, you want to check it out? I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. He hands it to me and I, oh my God, it felt like a toy. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, it looks so hefty and it looks so bulky. And then you pick it up and you're like, my brain is. Oh yeah. Cause it's titanium, right? right? Like it's the, all the whole titanium. thing is titanium. The yeah. whole thing is titanium. So when you were talking about that richer meal and you're like, it it feels like you have nothing like i get it like it's just mm. our brains think that something heavier means that it's it's more expensive right and it's better built but when something is so light you're like yeah this is cheap it, <laughs> Which it is, feels like a like a toy like it feels like completely a toy. like toy like literally you could pull that out of a cereal box and it would weigh the same thing yeah it's it's so weird that way because yeah. it doesn't even feel like metal it just feels like some kind of like plastic resin or something but it is titanium and the movement's also titanium and it's it's quite quite weird to hold in it your is hand. well especially mm. with a richer male i mean you're you're talking depending on what you're getting but hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're like this doesn't feel like that no what, what am i paying for here <laughs> you know so <laughs> it's 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 a crazy correlation but uh yeah for me other things i mean man i just been busy with uh with the videos and with the podcasts and i always say the same thing seems like i have a very boring life but i don't really watch much of tv i watch a lot of youtube believe it or not right so i'm a huge supporter of a lot of youtube channels 
um, not because I'm looking for those people to watch my channel and comment, which it is a misconception that a lot of people probably just go and like and comment and don't even watch the video just for people to support them. But for me, it's not like that. I, I, I don't, it's cool if people support me, but honestly, I watch the content that interests me and I do subscribe to a lot of channels and, uh, you know, your, your channel is great. And Ashwin, I, I, I learn from you. I, I like what you have to say and your your talks nyc uh, watch guy that was an amazing conversation i really really enjoyed that so thanks, you, i thanks. think you bring a lot to the to the watch community man and thank you again for coming on and taking time out of your your schedule to to be here with us and uh you're an alumni now of uh, the socal watch reviews podcast but where can people yes, find you man that's that's awesome thanks for having me on i mean it's a, it's a bigger thanks from my side. It's great to be on here. It's uh, great to talk to you guys finally. I've seen you guys quite a few times on Thank YouTube. You. And I sometimes I listen to your, your podcast while I'm at the gym. And it's it's quite interesting. I remember listening I hope we to motivate the, you. <laughs> it was, it's it's oh, kind of... I was going to say kind of funny Ross. because like when, when, especially when P Ross like says stuff like in the building, I'm just standing there in the, in, in, in the gym, just like <laughs> laughing and people looking at me all weird. I was like, I'm we should, getting all pumped. We should do a, a little section in the podcast where P Ross just goes, you can do it, push through it, push through the pain, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you could just have it on repeat. You could yeah, do it. You could just. Right. Just throw on a new new podcast and wait for for the intro before your set, and just as 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 the intro begins, then you start your set, then it goes well. But yeah, well, thank you so much yeah. for the support, man. Fun. I appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's cool. Like like I said before, I mean, we we do this podcast for for fun and for our love our, our watches. But one of the biggest uh, takeaways, at least for me has been getting to meet so many people from around the world. Like, it's so cool, you know, different personalities, nationalities, ideologies, different collections. And it's, it's cool because one thing brings us together in his watches. Like, it's so cool, you know? So, Yes, sir. Yeah, it's super cool that, like, you, you're one of the few people that knows so many people within the, the, the watch community on a personal level and not just, uh, like, behind the channel. It's crazy. That's I don't even know how that intriguing. happened, but... Yeah, I don't well, even know how how you remember like each face to 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 which channel they're from because there's so many people that yeah. you've spoken to. Well, one of one of the things, and I, I've I've said it before, but what I do for a living, like my daily job, is sales. So I do that's my life. I, I talk to people. I remember what their life is about, what they like, what they don't like, their personalities, what they're tied to, what projects we did together. So I, I have a horrible memory, but I do have a good memory when it comes to tying things together to like business. So I use that into what I do here. And that's why I think I know a lot of people because look, when I say in my videos and on the podcast, stay humble, I genuinely live by that model, right? Humility is one of the biggest things you, you can have in your life. It doesn't matter how many podcasts and success and likes and subscribers. If you remain humble, you could reach a lot of people. And I can tell you a lot of these bigger channels giving us the, the, the time to come on, like Jody and Adrian Bark and Jack and hopefully now TGV, like they're humble people, believe it or not. Like they're huge and you see them, you're like, oh my God. But once you reach them on a personal level and they talk to you, they're normal people, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. And I, I really, truly believe. And 
having all these relationships and never burning any bridges. Burning bridges is the worst thing you can do in your life, just in any level, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many people and we know so many people because of that personal connection, connection and humility and just being real, man, you know, just keeping it real. So I recommend Super nice it. To, I recommend to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Ashwin is as real as he is in front of the camera, behind the camera. So he's a nice guy. Right on. So far. So far. No, <laughs> Thanks, guys. I mean, this this is my first podcast. So I've been, at least at the start, I was quite jittery and like my nerves were up. But yeah, it's nice to have a chill conversation. That's what it's all about, buddy. So where can people find you? Just on YouTube, standard time. You can search it up. Instagram like the videos. Right? Yeah, like that. I don't really spend too much time posting there, but I do post once in a while. Cool. And it's kind of tied into the videos. But yeah, see if you like it or you don't like it, then say so. They'll love it. <laughs> no, they'll love it, man. You, you you feature some really cool watches. I mean, his latest watch was a Richard Mille. I, the, what was it? What edition? It's the RM005 Felipe Massa edition. And, and, you know, you were giving your thoughts about it and why you think it's, it is, you know, worth the hype or whatever, the, the, the money and all that stuff. So I think it was pretty interesting. I recommend you guys go watch it and we'll link everything on the, on the show notes, you know, his page, Instagram, YouTube and stuff like that. So you can go support our cool. friend Ashwin. Thanks guys. P Ross, where can people find you? Ross wristwatch love everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You're you're uh, you're getting how many how many uh, followers on Instagram, man? Uh, almost two thousand, I think. Cool. Congrats, man. Wow. Congrats. You're doing big things. So, anyway, for me, SoCal Watch Reviews on YouTube, of course, and this podcast. Uh, please rate us. It means a lot. It, it it does go a long way. If you go to your podcasts of choice. They do give you an option to rate us uh, with stars and maybe leave a comment or whatever. Any comment is welcome. Constructive constructive criticism is always welcome. We could always improve and we, we don't take that lightly. We want to make sure this show is enjoyable for everybody. Um, so yeah, anyways, thank you so much for the support. And then on top of that, it's free. It's free it is to free. do. It is free. You it's know, free. sometimes you, you got to pay for all this entertainment. Not here, buddy. Not here. <laughs> it's, it's free. free. <laughs> But uh, yeah, follow us, SoCal Watch Reviews, Instagram, YouTube, and of course this podcast. And we will continue to bring some amazing guests such as Ashwin. Ashwin, thank you again, man. Thanks for having me. It was was super fun. Yeah. I have one more thing before we part. You have a quote? You have a quote? Looking back. (laughs) He said that quote like 10 times. (laughs) Looking back is contagious. Decay and corruption goes hand in hand with the feelism of lack of action. Peace. All right. Wow. One of these days you need to break down that quote and actually tell people what it means. So that way they can reference back or, or keep them guessing. Go to Google. You, you could you could <laughs> figure it out. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, stay humble. Cheers.